Turn to Luke chapter 1, verse number 5. Brother Andreas started his scripture reading at the end of Luke chapter 1. And then Sister Monks talked about a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about this morning. So I probably won't be too long here today because it's already been set. <laughs> but I do have a scripture here that I want to read. Luke chapter 1, verse number 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias and of, of the course of Abia. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias, oh, pardon me, verse 11, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink meaning he was to take a Nazarite vow, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. I want to speak to you just for a few moments on this subject, stricken but patient. Stricken but patient. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this day and everybody that is gathered in the house of God today. I pray that your anointing and your strength and your word would encourage us, strengthen us today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. you. can be seated. Thank you for standing. It's very important to note that women have a strong role in the Scripture. It was a very patriarchal society in ancient history. However, this is what's amazing about the Scripture is that there are women, strong women, weaved throughout the redemption story, and Elizabeth is one of those women, and she places a has a, a very, very important role in the Scripture. She played an important role, especially to Mary, which Brother Andreas read at the end. Elizabeth has a part in making a connection and helping and being an encouragement to Mary that maybe did not understand everything that was happening in her life. Jesus' conception was miraculous, and even in this case, Elizabeth was going to have a child when she was stricken. The scripture said that she was stricken in years. That means that she was advanced in years. So she was a lot like Sarah who was waiting on a promise of God and nothing seemed to be happening. And yet she trusted in God and God responded to her. God saw her and she became a nurturer, an educator of John the Baptist that would prepare the way for Jesus he was a very, very important figure who was coming out of the wilderness after 400 years of silence. No prophetic voice, 
nobody prophesying and preaching, and all of a sudden, John the Baptist comes on the scene, and he begins to preach that there is one that is coming after me that's mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. It was John said, he must increase, but I must decrease. I believe in the house of God here today, we should have the same attitude as John. Lord, help me to decrease, but I want you to increase. I want my own way, my own pride, my own difficulties to decrease, but I want the power and the anointing of God to increase. This is also a place that was read here in your reading that with men it is an impossibility, but with God all things are possible. If you're here today looking at impossibilities, I want to introduce you to someone that is able to make it possible because with God all things are possible. You say, I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. There are people in these pews that can testify of God's goodness and God's greatness that picked them out of dysfunction and addiction and gave them the possibility of being in the house of God today. Amen. So Elizabeth had a very important role to play. What does the Bible tell us about Elizabeth? She and Zacharias were both Levites of the house of Aaron. Zacharias was a priest and Elizabeth was a daughter of Aaron. So their lineage was rich with spiritual history. The Bible tells us in Malachi that the priest is supposed to guard knowledge and people should seek instruction from his mouth because he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. And so Elizabeth likely grew up with a wealth of scriptural knowledge and would have been exposed to even more teaching as the wife of Zacharias. The scripture said that they were both righteous before God walking blamelessly in all the commandments and the statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced or stricken in years. This is where I'm taking my title here today. Stricken, stricken with patience. So a lot of years had transpired. And this was something very difficult in Elizabeth's life because she had no child. She was barren. And when we look back at ancient culture and times, we recognize that this would have been a trial that would have defined her life. She was barren. It was the duty and the call of women to provide their husbands with children in this time frame, especially a son, someone to carry on the lineage. And yet there is long years, Elizabeth, where she is praying, where she is trying, where she is waiting, where she is hoping. And now those days are completely past, and she probably settled within herself. It's not going to happen, and so there was a stigma attached to her, and her life was full of those kinds of struggle. And yet God has a surprise for Elizabeth, and he announces this surprise to Zacharias by an angel while Zacharias is serving in the Holy of Holies. He's in there, and he is doing his priestly duty. An angel appears and says, your wife is going to bear a child, even though she is past childbearing years. 
This is something that they prayed about and they just came to the conclusion that it was not going to happen. And yet they were stricken with patience. I want to say to you in the house of God, there may be some things that you have been praying about and nothing has happened. I want to tell you, just keep praying. You may be advanced in that situation. You may feel like you're stricken in that situation, but be patient and persevere because God knows exactly where you are, what you're praying, and what you're going through. He's a God that sees you. So Zacharias is stunned. He is surprised. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 16, the angel is telling him what is going to transpire. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is going to be your son. John is going to be a man of God that preaches and prophesies. Zacharias said unto the angel, how is this even going to be possible? I'm an old man, my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show you glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. And so because of his doubt, because of his unbelief, the angel said, you're going to be dumb until this transpires. The people standing on the outside, they were waiting for Zacharias to come back out of the Holy of Holies, and he was taking a long time, and so they were concerned about that. They waited. They marveled that he tarried so long, and when he came out, he could not speak to them. So they had perceived that he had seen a vision. He beckoned unto them. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to tell them what was happening, but he was speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he, apart, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Zacharias was stunned. He was amazed. He questioned he became speechless. He walked out, tried to talk to people. He couldn't speak because now this was something that God was doing. And he would not speak until these things were going to be fulfilled. Elizabeth finds herself pregnant. She hides it for five months. She lived in a hill country in a town of Judah. And so at the latter part of this chapter, her cousin, Mary, who is also with child, visits her in this hill country, makes her way to greet her. When she greets Elizabeth, Elizabeth feels her child, which is John, leap in her womb, and it was confirmed by the action of John within her that indeed Mary is carrying a very special child. Elizabeth was six months with John, and the scripture tells us she was filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost had not been poured out, and so this was not a widespread occurrence. What this tells us, though, is that Elizabeth had been chosen to speak with the wisdom that she demonstrated. God was working in Elizabeth's 
life. And she was going to do a great work. Though she was barren among other women, she likely knew what it was like to be whispered about. She likely felt the feeling of being an outsider, of not fitting into normal society, and having her life not be what it was expected. And so she was uniquely equipped to help Mary understand. You may not know what's going on in your life, but know this. God knows what he's doing, and so we're going to put our faith and confidence in him, and we're going to trust in him. I'm advanced in situations, but I'm patient. I've been patient, and now God is going to respond. Hang in there, Mary. Something is happening. God's working in a great way. John's going to be a preacher that preaches about one that is greater than he is, and the one that's coming is God with us, Emmanuel. It is Jesus that is God manifested in the flesh. He's going to take the sin away from his people and everybody and you have a neat position in place you have a neat position in place this tells us some noteworthy characteristics about this woman she was a righteous woman we know that no no human being can fulfill completely the standards of biblical holiness that's an ideal that everybody strives for but elizabeth was described as someone that was blameless someone that was righteous zacharias was advanced in years elizabeth dearly longed to bear a chosen child, but she was stricken in age. All this waiting and wondering if God would respond. They still, they still, this is really the gist, they still remained faithful to God's commandments and statutes, unwavering in their faith. Elizabeth becomes a woman. Now, there were names that were mentioned, and, and she addressed the fact that you couldn't mention all of them. She mentioned Mary as a woman of perseverance, but here Elizabeth is, here Elizabeth is, that is very very persevering, very patient in the fact that I may have advanced through some stages of life. And that may be a disappointment because childbearing was a big thing. And that may be disappointing in my life, but I'm still going to be faithful and trust God no matter what I'm going through. I think there's a great, great example and message in that. My life trajectory may not be exactly what I want, but I'm not giving up on my faithfulness to God. Things may happen in my life, but I'm not walking away from the goodness of God. People may offend me, but because they offend me, I'm not walking out on God because God has been too good to me. He's been faithful to me. And so I'm not going to give up, walk away, give in, throw in the towel, acquiesce. I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. I may not have a complete understanding, but I do understand this. God is faithful and just to perform that which he has promised. Keep trusting in God. Keep trusting in God. She was faithful. She was unwavering in her faith. And she testified of faithfulness in the face of patient waiting, believing even when it seemed like time had passed by. And so we gained some lessons from her. The first lesson that we gained from her that's important here is that unanswered prayer should not be seen by itself as a judgment on a person and their relationship with God. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of power in that. You know, we, we as humanity, we're pretty persnickety. We're pretty judgmental. This is why Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged. He was not talking about making right judgments, doctrinal judgments, moral judgments. That's not what he was referring to. He was referring to the Pharisees that were so stinking self-righteous with their nasty attitude looking down on everybody, and they were judging people when they were full of dead men's bones. That's what he was talking about. And they re represent a lot of 
us who are human and a part of our humanity, we like to make judgments. And so we could look at the fact that Elizabeth prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and there was no answer. And so therefore, something must be wrong with Elizabeth. Elizabeth said, no, there's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with God. It may not be in God's timing and I'm just going to leave that up to God, but I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to be faithful to him, even though the answer is not here. That doesn't mean that I'm not where I need to be. And that doesn't mean that somehow God is not able to reach. He can do whatever he wants to do. It just so happens to be that it hasn't worked out for me. But don't judge me based on the unanswered prayer. Judge me on the fact that I still trust in God. I still believe in God. I'm still faithful to God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, somebody. You've been praying for some things, and there's been no answer. You may feel advanced in the age of it, but keep trusting in God. Keep believing God. Hallelujah. So we recognize that. We know that that's that's a great lesson. Just because we don't see the answer to our prayers and the timing of our desires doesn't mean we're harboring some hidden sin. It's not good to speculate on those kind of things. You need to build up your brother and sister, not tear them down. I said, you need to build up your brother and sister, not tear them down. The church should be an encouraging body, not a discriminatory body. A church that says, you can make it. You can live for God. There have been bad things that have happened to you, but God's got a redemption and resurrection in your life for great things. We need to clap our hands and thank the Lord together. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. My, my, my. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Feels good in the house of God today. It's Mother's Day. I'm also reflective of the second lesson, which is that they were waiting for the coming Messiah. At the opening of the Gospel of Luke, the Israelites had waited for centuries for the coming Christ. They suffered under Roman rule. They were waiting under a terrible burden and a longing for a king to come release them from that domination. Did you know that there were many women named Mary at the time of Jesus' birth? That's fascinating. I didn't know that. In study, I came across that. There were a lot of women named Mary at the time of Jesus' birth. You know why? The reason why is because Mary's name means bitter. Over the course of so many centuries, the Israelites and the Hebrews had become bitter in their spirit because the Messiah was not coming. And so, like bitter herbs present at the Passover, the people of God endured bitter suffering as they longed for the fulfillment of this promised one's arrival. And so there were a lot of women named Mary. Now here's what's fascinating. Elizabeth, who is going to be a huge support, and God is going to use dramatically, and she's going to be overshadowed. But as has already has been mentioned here today, and so many pieces have have conjoined today from scripture reading to what was previously said and none of us got together on any of that kind of stuff but it's good sometimes to be able to lean on people and trust people and be an encouragement to people and that's what Elizabeth was to Mary Mary was a strength to uh, Elizabeth was a strength to Mary and her name means God is an oath or God's promise Elizabeth means God's promise she represented those Jews who held out hope and thrust it out as far as she could, even when stricken in age, she was still patient to say, I'm going to throw hope out as far as I possibly can. And her name means God's promises. Many of the Jews had spiritualized the prophecies. 
But not Elizabeth and not Zacharias. They believed that God was going to return, the Messiah was going to come, and they put their confidence and trust in that. We find ourselves in the same circumstances in our times. He came, Jesus did, he died, he rose again, he said he would return, and so we're awaiting that return. Sometimes we could get discouraged, and yet there is a woman by the name of Elizabeth that is in the scripture whose name means the blessing of God. You just keep hoping, you just keep praying, you just keep being faithful. Not only that, there are situations that we're praying about that we may be very, very hopeful for. I'm thankful to tell you here in the house of God that the scripture said that we have a hope that maketh not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to stand before you in the house of God today and say, I'm still trusting God to return. I'm not ashamed to say I feel the return of God many times in services. There's still resurrecting power. There's still anointing. There is still redemption that can be had for individuals who find themselves steeped in the miry pit of sin and degradation. God can pull you out of those situations and resurrect you. And not only is there resurrecting power in that, but he's coming back. He's coming back. He can come back today for you and he can come back in the future my hope is still established my hope is still anchored I'm not giving up though I may be stricken but I'm going to be patient I'm going to persevere the last lesson in closing is that well actually this is one I'll just skip over it real quick God is no respecter of persons, and he's also no respecter of age. Mary is a teenager. Elizabeth is in her 80s. They both have prominence in the kingdom of God. Don't ever feel like, well, because of my age, I can't do something for God, or I'm not, I don't have a place in the kingdom of God. Everybody does. I said everybody does. <laughs> Hallelujah. Young, old. When Daniel went into Babylon... His three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were teenagers. They were thrown in the fiery furnace. God delivered them. They were teenagers. It is said that Daniel was 80 when they threw him in the lion's den. And God worked mightily for Daniel in the lion's den. So God is no respecter of persons, and he's no respecter of age. The last lesson is this. Elizabeth says, after all that praying, <laughs> after all that praying, Faithfulness, stricken yet patient, stricken in years, advanced in age. When she talks about God doing a work in her life, she says something very significant. She said, he saw me. He looked on me. And that is another lesson, is that sometimes when you feel like maybe God is not seeing you, he in fact is seeing you. He knows exactly where you are. You're not by yourself. There is one that sees you. All those years of waiting and wondering and serving and worshiping in faith, she may have wondered, did God see or notice her? But the truth is, God was watching her all the time. He was watching all the time. And this is what Elizabeth can say as she gives birth to John the Baptist. God always keeps his promise. Our prayers are heard even when we don't quickly see the answers. We are seen by a living God. Even when we are advanced in situations and years, God can use us to bring life to others. And so 
Elizabeth gives to us John the Baptist, one of the greatest prophets in the history of the Scripture. She was stricken, but she was patient. Just for a moment here right now, I want you to think about something you're praying about, thinking about, hoping about that hasn't come to fruition, hasn't happened. There's been no transformation. It may have been years. You may have been praying this prayer for years and years. I want us to reflect on the life of Elizabeth for a moment as the musicians come. And I want us to just for a moment pray about those situations right now that God would fulfill his promise and respond to us in those situations. Can we do that together? Let's do that together right now. Lord, I thank you and praise you and worship you. In the house of God today, reflecting on your goodness and your ability, things that may have advanced and seemed like they had passed by, you're a God that still responds. And so we extend our faith before you in the house of God today. And we ask for your promise to come through. See us, see us, see us where we are. See our hearts, see our attitudes, see our, our feelings and our emotions and respond to us. We give to you thanks in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I believe God can do it. Praise God. I said I believe God can do it. <clears throat> we are here today to dedicate some children, some very special children. And dedication means four things. It can be more than that, but four things. Number one, it means that you're giving your child to God, and it's a confirmation of your love for God. The first thing you are saying when you give that child back to the Lord is simply this, that you love God more than you love that child. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37 says, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And that seems kind of harsh, but it's setting the right priority that if you love God more than anything, your child's going to have a better chance of being successful because you have made that confirmation that, God, you are everything in my life. Secondly, giving your child to God is a clarification of ownership not just a confirmation of ownership, but it's a clarification of ownership that when I give this child to God, I'm openly declaring this. This child is a gift. Sometimes you may not think that, I know, but really, it's true. That child is a gift. Hang in there. <laughs> It'll happen at some point, and you'll feel like this is a gift from God. Not at 3 o'clock in the morning when they won't stop crying, and you got to get in the car, put them in the seat, and drive 50 miles to get them to sleep. It's saying that God is is everything and i'm clarifying ownership the child is a gift the child does not really belong to me it belongs to god and that i have this privilege privilege to train and to love this child psalm 127 and verse 3 low children are an heritage of the lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward god thinks very highly of children thirdly it is a commitment to raise your child under the direction of God. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4 says, we're to nurture our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So to give my child to God is not just a ceremony. It's a commitment. It's a commitment that I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to do the best that I can to be a godly parent, 
to teach this child the way of God, to keep this child in church, to love this child, to pray, to train, to do everything within my ability to make sure my relationships are strong so that they have the best opportunity to make my home a holy place, to put away worldliness and to live a righteous life. This is what it means to be dedicating your children to God. Sometimes people may look at it as some kind of ceremony that that is just a tradition, but it means more than a tradition. It means nothing, zero, if we're not making a sincere, lifelong commitment to raise this child God's way. This is why it's so profound when Joshua said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And lastly, giving your children to God is claiming God's plan and promises for that child's life. Your children are blessed by your obedience to God. And so you are claiming, God, I want your blessings <clears throat> to be upon my life, to be upon my children's life. I'm giving this child back to you. I'm obeying you. I'm positioning this child to receive the very best, the very best. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number six, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. And so we have some parents here in the house of God today that are dedicating their children. I want to introduce them to you. I want them to stand, if they would, when I introduce them. We have with us this morning Bryant and Danielle Underwood. Clap your hands. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. We have dedicating another child. Dustin and Ashley McAllister. Also dedicating another child, we have Gary and Allison Newton. Also dedicating another child, we have Drew and Glenda Fields. Dedicating their first child, we have Mason Kiara Doty. And this is so cool, Latasha. We just baptized Latasha last Sunday, and she is dedicating two children to the Lord, Latasha Malaku. So, Brian and Danielle, they are bringing Adeline, sweet Adeline. They're going to dedicate her. Dustin and Ashley are bringing Jack. I like, I mean, Jack McAllister. That, that sounds, wow. Gary and Allison are bringing Remy Breyer, and she's wide awake and ready to go. Latasha is bringing Nyla and Nehemiah. Mason and Kiara are bringing Ryder Doty. And Drew and Glenda are bringing Retlin Andreas. Amen. I want them to come out in the front here, and Sister Paisley is going to bring the Bibles over here. And um, 
we can all stand. As they come to the front, kind of direct them, come to the front a little bit, give some room so that, and spread out a little bit. Um, Natasha, if you'd head that way just a, bit, a little bit and kind of move. If you are family, uh, we want you to come up and, and be behind them, if you will. They may need some help. So, so step forward and family, come quickly. If you're family, don't be shy. Uh, gather around these couples and these babies. And uh, we are going to do a parental vow and then we're going to present some Bibles to you. And then we're going to say a prayer of dedication. Praise God. All right. Yeah, if you need to kind of sh shift and move a little bit, you can step up a little more. We just want to make room for everybody to kind of gather around, gather behind. All right. Praise God. All right, so I'm going to read this vow, and you are going to collectively at the end say, I do. All right? So this is the parental vow on this day where you are dedicating your children. Do you commit to praying for your children daily? Will you instruct them faithfully in the teaching of the apostolic faith? Will you teach them to read God's word, encourage them to lead a life that pleases God? Will you take them to church faithfully to worship the Lord and help them stay connected to the body of believers? And will you do all within your power to bring your child to the revelation of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? All together say... I do. I'm going to introduce each one of these children here. handsome dude right here. This is Nehemiah. Praise God. Check him out. He is looking sharp. Nehemiah, you're awesome. How old are you, Nehemiah? You're eight? Yeah. Right on. You want to say anything? No. No? You want to say anything? How about your mom? Do you love your mom? Yes. That is awesome, buddy. We're so happy today. This is a special day. Amen. We're proud of you. and she's not too sure about that and who I am. Tasha, you have some beautiful children and we're so happy what God's doing in your life.
Rentland Andreas, here is his Bible. He's a little wobbly. of this couple. Very talented. My goodness. Amen. And God has worked in your lives miraculously. And we're so very, very proud of both of you. Amen. Writer. Writer, writer. He's out. Do we want to risk it? Go ahead. Go ahead and if something happens, you get it. certain road here, but you you guys are just amazing, and you're going to be amazing parents. You already are. <clears throat> you probably didn't realize what any of that meant, and now you know it's a lot of challenge and difficulty, but God's going to walk with you, be faithful to you, and his blessing is going to be on your life. I want you to know from, from Pastor Bradford, I'm so very, very proud of both of you, and that little guy as well. Praise God. Amen. Let's give them a hand. You can walk with me, Paisley. You're getting farther and farther away. <laughs> this is Remy Breyer. Remy. Let's see if she'll come. Let's see. So far, we're doing really good. Let's see if we keep, <laughs> if we keep going. such a huge blessing to us to see how God has just opened up and expanded your ministry everything and that's because really really you exemplify Brian 
you exemplify making that commitment. We've had this conversation about, okay, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm giving everything to God. And because of that, there's truly a reflection of that between the two of you and Adeline and your future. And so very, very proud of you and all your family. Really, really, really cool. Amen. Let's give them a hand clap of appreciation. God bless you. guys have, have been amazing. Life is full of difficulties, problems, situations, but one thing I've never, ever questioned is your commitment to God, your faithfulness to God, and I appreciate that. You're strong, you're solid, doesn't mean that you're perfect, but none of us are, but the commitment that you got and your willingness to listen and move forward, I, I just really appreciate that. Thank you, thank you very, very, very much. Let's give them a hand clap of appreciation. God. Look all, at all the people that are here today. Amen. So this is the conclusion. We're going to pray for each and every one of these families. Ministry, if you would come in the front here. We're going to pray while they sing, and then we're going to conclude with a celebration with all of the families. Amen. So as they begin to pray, let's pray together, church family. Let's pray for each and every one of these couples and these children that God directs them and guides them.
your children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you moved in power then god these families, these children, these babies. Amen.